0: And welcome to the Alt Fantasy Sports Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. We are brought to you by Edge Boost. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge today. Nova You know him. You love him. He's the craziest man in spring football, and that's saying something because we're all pretty loony. The one, the only, the Bronco we all know and love, lover of the blue turf, XFL Jim. Welcome, sir.
1: How you doing? You're not wrong. I do love the blue turf. I, I'm. We subscribe on the podcast to Mountain Best. It's a very fun conference. I'm doing great. This is a great time to be alive. It's just so much football going on. We're going I right mean, into the USFL, into like prime CFL season. I'm just and
0: yeah. ELF starts this weekend. And you know, for those of you who are true DGens, I've been watching some GFL Nord, and that's been fantastic. I've been loving it. It's great. I'm uh brushing. I wish I knew some German so I could pick up on some <laughs> words, but fortunately they call like the positions in English and the penalties in English. So I know what the penalties are. I've been getting in with the, uh,
1: the Green Bowl and the Kobe Bowl over in the X-League over in Japan. Ooh. It's been nice. It's
0: has X-League Jim huh? made a re- return this year yet? Or he has no?
1: not. I'm going to try. I think they play again. So they do every other week. I think they play again in two weeks. I'm going to try and stre- get away with streaming a game if I can.
0: Ooh. XFL Jim. X-League Jim. Pirates of the yes. spring football. Jim. Yes. But we're here to talk about the USFL. Jim. What did you think of the games this weekend, man?
1: First off, I thought they were better than last week. I thought, I'm glad that there was zero blowouts. I'm very happy that there were no blowouts. I was very excited for the games this week. And honestly, they didn't disappoint. I think this is a big narrative week. We kind of got the, the narrative with the Gambler's Showboats game. We had the narratives with what's going on with the Breakers. And then it feels like my favorite team, personally, the Stars are heating up at a good time.
0: I mean, they've got, they seem to be getting the offensive line together and keeping Case Cook is from getting killed. But the most important thing, all eight teams are alive in the USFL playoff hunt. Get on board with it, get excited. All you know of the, the teams could make it.
1: I've been talking about it all
0: year since week one of the USFL this year. The parody has been insane. And I was talking to somebody today. I was like, I don't think it's that the talent level went down. I actually think it's that the talent level and the teams all got better. And I think there's no team that's differentiated itself and is at the high highs, mm-hmm. like the generals in the stars were last year and the stallions. Even I think what it is, is the bad teams got better. The maulers are better. They look better this year without Kirby Wilson yes, and the Panthers under Mike Nolan have their stuff together and the gamblers are not blowing leads in the second half and the showboats and Todd Haley have heard everybody saying Todd Haley sucks as a football coach and they decided that they're going to go out there and turn things around. I'm so torn on the showboats because I want them to
1: win. I want them to be good, but I always want to root against Todd Haley. So it's been very hard for me.
0: My favorite thing about the showboats is everybody complained that they didn't keep the old logos, but I actually love that they didn't keep the old color scheme because this league has too much damn red in it. Too much red. Too much red.
1: I was cool with the logo. I like the new logo. I'm not a big fan of the unis. I think those need a little bit of a touch up. I like, I love the logo though. I I think
0: the unis will get a touch up in year two.
1: And then the mascot, I also, like the mascot
0: come on. I also still remain disappointed that they changed the maulers. Give me the purple and purple and orange. Purple and orange. That was a nice color scheme.
1: I like having a big, dumb purple team, honestly. Yeah,
0: it's great. It's how many purple and orange teams are there in sports? There's Clemson and that's it.
1: Exactly. I then to, then your, in- to your point, yeah. I think like the talent level, and to me, the the three big things that made the parody happen are the talent level increase for all the bad teams, especially like at the quarterback position. Mm -hmm. The coaching changes have been wildly successful, especially for those bad teams. And then I think moving to the hub cities, it doesn't give a team like the stallions an unfair advantage every week. They actually have
0: to go on the road. They do. And that's been good. So other teams are getting a mix of stadiums to play in. I know I'm excited. uh, Not this weekend, but the weekend after I will be in Memphis for two games. So I'm excited for that. Yeah. I'm pumped for that one. Um, but they people didn't tune in to hear us talk about all of this. They tuned in to hear us talk about the games and the action. And, yeah, let's do that. Let's talk about the Stallions and the Breakers. Rematch of the South Division playoff. Jim, what would you think of this one?
1: Man, I don't know. what The, the Breakers, the, they did a similar thing last year where they kind of had like a midseason lull and they kind of got it together for the playoffs. I don't know if they're going to have that luxury this year. Again, Bethel Thompson's thrown for over 250. I don't know what happened to the offensive line specifically. Their running game was all right. The Stallions, and as much as I want to clown on the guy, uh, Magoo's been pretty decent to, like, actually good for
0: these past, I'd say, three weeks. I mean, the difference in this game is that Alex Magoo and the Stallions found the end zone in the red zone, Mm -hmm. and the breakers did not, you know. Red zone touchdowns tell the story. Four red zone attempts for each team. Three touchdowns for the Stallions, one for the Breakers. The Breakers kicked field goals when they needed touchdowns. And if McLeod Bethel-Thompson had been able to get into the end zone, he would have been more successful, which is shocking. So in a lot of ways, this Breakers team is still the same. Yes, they're moving the ball for big chunks of yardage between the 20. They're failing to convert in the end zone. You know, McLeod Bethel-Thompson needs to stop doing his Kyle Sloter impression and get back to his A.J. McCarron impression. 100% agree. He needs to just get safe with the ball. I I still have
1: faith that the Breakers can get it together. They, they're You see it. They're on the cusp. They're, they're driving down the field. They're getting all these yards like crazy every week. They just need to actually start punching it in. I would say the same thing for the past, I don't know, two or three weeks, With the Maulers have a similar thing where they were marching down the field and then they'd collapse in the red zone. They they get this figured out, they're maybe still
0: the most dangerous team in the league. I mean, and C.J. Maribel just absolutely showing himself to be a huge workhorse back. Great to see him getting this over 130 all-purpose yards, no touchdowns, but he did add, it, add in six catches, so big day for him. Alex Magoo continues to rush and find the end zone, you know, and on the breaker side, it's just continues to be top-end talent, for both teams, you know, both teams, the top mm-hmm. guys performed. And that was that no one else is really worth talking about right now. I also just want to mention how happy I am. that The guy named CJ
1: Maribel is like a bell cow back. It's just, mm-hmm. it's everything I, I've been rooting for that for him since he came into the league last year. I want it so bad.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, speaking of rooting for things, you know, we're all rooting to get these bets cashed. And sometimes Jim, Jim, do you ever just feel like, You know, I want to have just a little bit extra in my bankroll. I need that edge. I need that edge boost. And our episode is supported by edge boost. Edge boost is the world's first bet. Now pay later visa card edge currently offers up to $2,500 in betting advances, which can be extremely, which can be an extremely valuable tool. Again, Jim, imagine that increased bankroll. Okay. So you get to get this extra bankroll going to put some bets down and you can double down on your favorite bet, or create an awesome middle, or even hedge your bets. You know, say you're sitting there. I mean, I know how Jim's mind is working on this one. Jim's like, I want to cash my Philadelphia starts ticket so badly, but I just I can't quit the Memphis Showboats and the New Orleans Breakers. So I'm gonna hedge. He's gonna hedge his USFL final bet. And the great thing is, this isn't some sleazy loan shark. They charge zero percent interest on this. Okay, so you can spread this out over over four payments, pay as you go, increase that bankroll, great. So you can support SGPN and grow your bankroll by going to sportsgamblingpodcast/slash edge to sign up. that sportsgamblingpodcast.com/slash edge. Must be 21 years or older to use. Problem gambling? Called one eight hundred Gambler. Adam, that's what we in the biz call a win win situation. I think so too. I mean, it sounds great. You know, I got to look into it a little bit more. I definitely, I need to, one, see if I can actually use it, being in North Carolina. You know, mobile gambling's you know, not legal yet, unfortunately. So, but I'm going to, I've referred all my friends to it. And, you know, it's exciting times, exciting times we live in to be able to do a thing like that. And speaking of exciting times, Jim, your boy, Case Cookus and the oh. Philadelphia Stars coming back from the dead. Cue the Undertaker memes right now. They are back and they are looking like the same old stars.
1: God, I've said it. What was it, two weeks ago? It was a can't-lose game for them, and since then they've been rocking and socking and killing it because this offensive line figured something out. They still, you know, I mean, running the ball is still give or take. They killed it this game. Colburn's awesome. But just the fact that they've developed a way to play the game where Case Cookus isn't getting murdered week in and week out, and you see what this offense can do.
0: Only one sack against last week, which is big. After he'd just been absolutely against beat the Maulers. The Maulers have been mauling people. I mean, it sounds cliche, but they have been getting after it. And then even last week against the Breakers, no sacks given up, which is shocking, given the pace they were starting the year at. The shocking. fact that they managed to turn this around—huge kudos, huge kudos to the Stars' coaching ca- coaching staff.
1: You know, Bart Andrews was never worried. He's like the most calm, collected
0: person on the planet. Bart Andrus wasn't worried when they called him to coach up at Feather River Community College. He wasn't worried when he coached in the UFL. He wasn't worried when he coached the Ottawa GGs. Bart Andrews has been around the corner, and he is a man who is never worried. He's got the world on his shoulders, and it looks like a feather. I love that man. Oh God, Just looking at last year, I remember looking at his coaching resume. And I was just like, damn, this guy's done it all. I love it. I love it. That is a football lifer.
1: Also, I'm pretty sure there was a special teams touchdown in this one, wasn't there?
0: I believe so. Um, I'm pretty sure the Mullers ran one back, which was yes, just Yeah, awesome. I mean, the special teams touchdowns has been phenomenal. Um, you know, everybody's been loving it. It's great to see. Yeah, Simmons, Simmons took one to the house, 88 yards for a touchdown. He averaged... Thirty yards of return, like you gotta love that the special teams is a thing again. That how relevant it it's is so nice. in the USFL, it's fantastic. You know, Case Cooks like we said, two thirty-five, two touchdowns, one pick, eighteen of thirty. You know, started to look back like him old self. It's amazing what happens. It's, Cole, it's, Matt, just,
1: it's so fun to watch.
0: And Matt Colburn being back, establishing himself, eighty-two yards, two touchdowns. Love it. And Corey Coleman continues to be the guy. Corey Coleman might be this year's budget. Kamonte Turpin is my prediction. I think that's a good, you can safely say that you just got to really emphasize the budget part of it. Yeah. I mean, I think he's a better receiver. I don't think he's quite the, I don't think he is quite the returner that Kamonte Turpin is. No, no, God, no. But I think he is a good I think he's a good slot receiver. I could see him landing on an NFL team and can as a backup or starting slot receiver and Devin gray. Also good day for him as well. Pro wells, little bit of action out of the tight end spot. He's a tight end. You need tight ends at this point in the year.
1: Also, I'm still going to say it, stars MVP. I'm just going to say maybe for the whole season's Aguilar, he's been keeping them alive. Mm-hmm. He's I God, yes.
0: He's can we have really a kicker
1: be the MVP? I hope so because the, I mean, he, he's the
0: only player so far that's set a professional football record, right? He is. He <laughs> is. That's hard to contend with. You know, and then we look at the Maulers just continuing, not necessarily doing anything special, but Garrett Groshick finds the end zone. Bailey Gaither finds the end zone on the ground. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody blew you away through the air, but they got it done. You know, this is a Maulers team that's just grinding out games and they're better than their record indicates. I 100% agree,
1: and I think this might be a turning point for me gambling-wise where if the Maulers can kind of do this on offense where they're just grinding it and out and actually scoring when they get to the red zone, I might be starting to bet some overs in some Maulers
0: games. Ooh, overs in a spring football game on its own is a, is a treat. Well, they scored 68 points in this game. They did. God, it's great. Love the points. Love the points. And then we've got the Showboats and the Gamblers, two two South Division teams that last year just consistently underperformed underperformed and you love to see a dogfight here between between the teams at the Liberty Bowl. Coming
1: into it this is my game of the week going into it just because the last game was very fun and seeing the coaches how mad how mad Todd Haley got at the end and the the bitterness between them always mm-hmm. makes for a fun time. And this game did not disappoint in my eyes. The, I, I came away actually more hype on the gamblers than I was going into it because I kind of I was I was thinking the gamblers were a little steam, less fire. The showboats
0: were a little bit more legit, but I came away thinking the gamblers—they're a dang good team. I think both of these teams are good. I think they're both fine. And honestly, there's a press conference on Thursday, Jim. The USFL loves to make late rule changes conspiracy Adam in the house here, put my tinfoil hat on. I think they're going to announce that the team has to be above 500 to make the playoffs.
1: think And I think
0: they're going to put three of these South teams in. You think so? I do. I just, I feel like this league is looking to differentiate it, differentiate itself, looking to show that the quality of play is better. And when you have in it, and when you have all four teams in the North, in the South division outscoring the second place team in the South and three of the four allowing fewer points against than the second place team. (coughs) You got to kick that North team out. No, you know, I know we saw the Arlington Renegades do their thing, but, I don't know. Luis Perez ain't walking through those doors for the Michigan Panthers or the New Jersey Star, New Jersey Generals.
1: No, no, he is not. And I wouldn't be surprised they did. I mean, they came in with a last second rule change last year to let the two teams do the toilet bowl for the first pick. Mm -hmm. Uh, The USFL does love their little like mid to late season tinkering. I wouldn't be surprised with that either. I don't hate it. I mean, that's kind of what the CFL does. So it works, especially for these leagues that have way less teams. I'm fine either way. I wouldn't, I mean, the level of play would be better. if
0: I think so, South teams I even. would, I would much right now. I would much rather see new Orleans than Michigan. I would yes, rather the see only, new Orleans play than new Orleans be at home.
1: The only reason I was fine with it in the XFL for the renegades. Is Cause I saw the level of play for those last like two or three weeks. And I thought at that time, they were one of the better teams.
0: Luis Perez just absolutely, yes. absolutely turned that team around. And speaking of turnarounds, Jim, The conference finals are over in the NBA and NHL. That means it's time for the NBA finals and the Stanley cup. We're turning it around, baby. We're getting off the gridiron and we're going to the hardwood and to the ice. We got two contests going on right now with SGPN. We've got an NBA finals contest and a Stanley cup, final contest Two free to enter contests exclusively on the SGPN app. You need to pick your series props. You need to pick your game props. Be diligent, Jim. Go in, make those picks for every game, and you could win their separate contests, So two chances to win here, Jim. Two chances, Jim. A $100 SGPN gift card up for grabs for each contest. Download the SGPN app and enter today. Jim, I'm excited about the Stanley Cup this year, but I'm going to be more excited next year when my beloved Buffalo Sabres and our Lord and Savior, Tage Thompson, are going to the Stanley cup, trying to erase the demons of 1999. (sighs) Hope springs eternal. Adam, are you predicting a very big year for the city of Buffalo this year? I am predicting a monstrous year. You heard it here first folks. (laughs) And this is, this is a low bar to clear, but both the Sabres and the bills will be in the playoffs next year. And both will win a game and a series. The Sabres will win a playoff series next year. And the bills will win a playoff game. And while we're at it, as you can see on the whiteboard behind me, just do it, CFL. Bring the CFL to Rochester. We got a nice oh, yes. little 14,000-seat stadium there. It'd be a great – we'll we'll put some expansion up there. The Rochester Thunder Snow. I've done your work for you. Put it. Make it happen. Make it happen. They CFL. need that 10th team.
1: They need that 10th team. They need baby. that
0: 10th team. You know, we can get the rivalry with the Argonauts going, Toronto and Rochester some cross Lake Ontario. We don't have a fast ferry anymore to go back and forth, but you know, maybe we can spend money on that instead of an actual stadium. So we could have had an MLS team. (laughs) The greatest tragedy. And this is the last thing I'm going to say on non spring football thing. The greatest sports tragedy in America up there with the stealing of the Colts from the city of Baltimore and the departure of the Browns And the Seattle Sonics moving to Oklahoma City, the underrated one, top five all time, is what the city of Rochester did to its soccer team. So much like the FA Cup, America has this thing called the Open Cup. And the only non-MLS team to win it was the 1999 Rochester Raging Rhinos. They played their games in a baseball stadium, Jim, and they won this damn thing. Oh, they beat three MLS sides on the way to a championship. And the city of Rochester, when given the choice to pay the money to build an MLS caliber stadium and get an MLS team, said, no, we're going to spend this money on a giant-ass boat that we're going to sail from Australia, and it's going to break down three times on the way here. (laughs) Didn't even run for a full calendar year. That's, I'm done. I'm done. I can't. I need it's, to brutal. It's, it's brutal. It's brutal. It's absolutely brutal. City of Rochester robbed of its greatness. You're not here to listen to me rant about that, though. You're here to me talk about how Kenji Bahar cost the gamblers this game. Two picks, 46% passing. Kenji Bahar needs to get his stuff together. Yeah, this was like actually vintage Kenji Bahar. This was. Uh, it really was.
1: He looked good at, for, like, he had a pretty good baseline and then just threw some really dumb plays.
0: And on the other side of everything, you know, you've got Cole Kelly not blowing the world away but being good enough. Cole Kelly didn't turn the ball over. I just, and that's the biggest thing. Cole Kelly, I, that's basically what he's done all, week, all season.
1: He's either played good enough to actually, like, decent to good. And since he's been in, this team has transformed not just in offense. The defense has been so good since he's gotten in. <laughs> He's just the,
0: no. he's the key. He's been good enough. And he's a guy who could, you know, maybe these spring football guys. I think the arc for a lot of these quarterbacks who come in from the smaller schools is, I don't know that they're going to get the Garrett Gilbert arc, where they get the perpetual NFL backup role or the Taylor Heineke. They could, they could, they could, but they got to be a gamer. And Cole Kelly seems like he's that you have that arc that you want to achieve or the lesser arc. You can follow the Luis Perez arc, which is a good arc. You improve every year. You're going to get camp invites because you're good enough to help evaluate talent, but you're not going to elevate to an NFL roster for an extended period of time. But you'll end up as a pretty, like you're going to be a coach. You're going to be a great coach. And that's the thing. Luis Perez is going to come out of this and be a coach somewhere. And he's going to do great for it. You know, and the big thing for the gamblers was Josh Peterson stepped up, had an absolute game this weekend, the tight end, Oh yeah. He had some good games earlier this season with four for 63 and three for 45, five for 93. Gotta love it.
1: That's so good.
0: Gotta love it. Also and just then, this
1: year in general, Papali has been doing way better than he did last year.
0: Yeah. And that's been the big thing for the Showboats is actually <sighs> having some receivers to support their quarterback. Derek Dillon as well had a nice day mm-hmm. looking at the Panthers and the generals, obviously the big, the scariest part of this game was DeAndre Johnson's injury. We wish him well. We hope he recovers because he was finally starting to look like DeAndre Johnson again. He really was. I don't really know why
1: two weeks ago they sat him out, but when they brought him back this week, he was looking good. They were looking good. And then you see what happens. It's, it sucks. It's a tragedy, scary
0: scary hit to the head. You know, it's things like that again, scary tragedy, you know we hope he's all right we hope he's able to bounce back probably if it's a severe concussion probably done for the year though
1: at least the regular season if there's like a shot they make the playoffs he might come back for that but i, I wouldn't i wouldn't I, be surprised if we've
0: seen done. one thing with spring leagues it's that guys with injuries they're not going to trot back out there i don't they're blame gonna, them honestly they're going and it's the right move you know oh. the the thing for these guys is to maintain their health And that's the biggest thing. You can't ask for anything more than that. Um, Kyle Lalletta looked fine in relief, you know, but he doesn't have the rushing upside and that Mm -hmm. is going to limit this general's offense. On the flip side, this was like Josh loves best game since week two. Yeah. I mean, Josh love, (laughs) it's like, it's either Josh love, love him. Josh love, hate him. There's no in between. (sighs) We either love, love, or we love hate. And yeah, like if
1: he plays like, again, I'll say it all the time. If he plays like he did week one and two and like this, the Panthers are a really good team. They're dangerous. If he plays like he did for the middle chunk of the season, I think they might be the
0: worst team. And the big thing here has been the emergence of Joe Walker. Joe Walker is acting like he can be a number one spring wide receiver, mm-hmm. five for 121 in a touchdown. And that opened things up for Trey Quinn to go three for 61 in a touchdown. Big games for the two of them. Absolutely love to see it. And the running game got going with Reggie Corbin and Stevie Scott.
1: Oh, if Corbin starts to get hot, watch out.
0: Yeah. I mean, just absolutely fantastic. You know, and Jim, any games that you're really looking forward to this weekend on the USFL slate?
1: Okay. Looking right off the bat, I get, I know that, again, it's a lot of North v South, so it's hard. I just really hope there's no blowouts this week. If I had to pick one, the one I'm going to circle is the Stars versus the Stallions with how hot the Stars are at the moment. Also a really fun rematch of the championship game. So I'm looking forward to that.
0: I think the big thing here is I think if rude. some of these North teams get blown out, if the USFL doesn't pull the trigger on Thursday to announce the Ness- that you have to be above 500, they'll do they'll- it they'll do it early next week. If these North yeah. teams look get just absolutely demolished. Like if, if
1: three out of these four games are blowouts. Yes. And right. if they're all four blowouts. Yeah. Even more.
0: So I and just, of course, you're just going to, you're going to make the stars go uh, somewhere and lose. And you're just going to have an all South and you're just going to chalk it up.
1: Yep. I like Muller's Gamblers could be interesting. I just don't know the stars. Stallions is very exciting. I just, I feel like Showboats Generals is going to be a blowout. I just, yeah. I have the feeling, especially with get getting the start. And then maybe this is a Breakers get right game against the Panthers.
0: I don't know. They kind of need something. They need to show something. They really do. They got to get things together. They got to, yeah, there's nothing else. They just got to get that it much together. Time left. Yeah. Not that much time left. And they got to turn it around. You know, they need to finish four. What can they finish? Um, five and five, you know? Yep. Now we're never five games left or three games left. Can they do it or can they not? But Jim, we've had it. Speaking of three, we've had enough of this four down foolishness. Yeah. We're going to play football the way it was meant to be played. Three downs. We're going north of the border. A eh? get your. Are you
1: the king of transitions, Adam? You might be like the best person I've been with that. at transition,
0: Leave the hot dogs and hamburgers behind. Get your Timmy Hoes, get your Timbits, and get your maple syrup and your blue light. We're going to Canada. Hey, Jim, CFL football kicks off next week, right? We're in, yes, well, we're in next weekend. Next right Thursday. Now. Yeah, next Thursday. So early June. We're in preseason, right? Now. I don't blame
1: anybody for not watching CFL preseason. I also don't blame anyone for not betting it because it's out of every preseason, it's the it's it means nothing. <laughs> yeah.
0: But I mean, it does, it means something. I, you see the it's players, just, you see the players, and you know what? Unlike these, uh, unlike these spring leagues, you, d- you get a chance to actually see the players and you can make some picks based on your fantasy team. You can get your fantasy team in line with that. Ooh. always coming in from the fantasy angle. That's what I like about you. I, I got, it. I mean, Jim, on to. the Alt Fantasy Sports podcast, you have you know? to. Jim, by the way, I, I needed to ask you, I meant to ask you via DM. Are you in for a CFL slash ELF league?
1: <laughs> I Yes. I'll say I yes. So. Um, I had someone actually email me about doing a mega football league that incorporates every
0: league. Oh, my God, Jim. I'm in one of those. This is, like, the <gasps> most – I, like – It's obscene, and I love it and hate it all at once. <laughs> we draft every player. Your NFL roster is 53 players. So you're oh sitting there God. drafting, like, the whoever – Yeah. Okay. You have a college team that then transitions to your NFL team. And then I have a spring team. I keep forgetting which spring guys have been taken. I just drafted (laughs) Brian Scott and apparently he was on somebody else's list from the XFL in the CFL draft. That was devastating. I thought I was getting swag Kelly's backup and I was good because I'd have the Argos QBs on lock. (laughs) Jim, this is obscene. You will hate yourself and you will love it all at the same time. 10 out of 10 recommend it.
1: I'm going to I'm think I'm going to do it. And then I'm going to just hate myself for trying to keep track of it.
0: Oh yeah. It's absolutely miserable. Okay. I was drafting kids in this freshman. It's a freshman only draft for college. So you're drafting these guys. And I'm like, I don't know who, who the hell is this kid? I got two, four, seven sports pulled up and I'm just going down that list and I'm trying to keep track of it. And I'm like searching through the draft. Cause it's a 15 round freshman draft too. It's insane, oh Jim. It's oh it's I, I hate it and I love it all at once. <laughs> and you know what? The fact that it's so deep, I love even more. Last year, I traded, um, I traded my first round pick and my NCAA first round pick this year for Josh Allen, and I would ten out of ten do it again. Oh, as you should. I decided I was going to win the I was going to win NFL NFL money, and I decided I was going to be competitive in spring leagues. And that was the decision I made and how I was going to play this. And my NCAA team is just going to be a dumpster fire. Still almost made the playoffs though. I like that. Um, But yeah, CFL slash ELF leagues uh, forming now on alt fantasy sports. They will be uh, starting week two of the ELF season. So get excited. It's going to be great. You'll have, um, what is that? 26 teams worth of players to draft from. So you could actually have 10 people in a league. Good Lord. It's great. It's fantastic. But let's talk about these CFL backfields. Jim, talk to me. Let's just go right down the list. Who do you want to start with? Where are we starting our adventures?
1: Okay, so the way I have it pulled up is I have, it's kind of alphabetical, I guess. Okay. So we're starting, we're going out to the West Coast in
0: British Columbia. eh?
1: We can start with the BC Lions. Love it. It's so hard for me to not, Judge this backfield based on who their new quarterback is because they were easily, in my opinion, the best wide receiver group last year. Mm-hmm. But now they don't have my Canadian of the year, Nathan Rourke. But they have so, Vernon Adams. Vernon Adams is good, but like Nathan Rourke was he was just
0: insane. I
1: think Vernon Adams is good. I still think this backfield is good. I think it's probably a top two in the league.
0: I oh, think- we're talking about quarterbacks, too. I thought we were just talking about running backs. Oh, we're just – oh, running backs. I thought we were talking about receivers. No, we're talking about Oh, running backs, then
1: never mind. Then yes. Then running backs, I think they take a step back. I think they're fine. I mean, I think-
0: they still have James Butler. And James do. Butler is a do-it-all back. So I absolutely love James Butler – love that he's caught on in the CFL because he's just a guy who is phenomenal with the ball in his hands. We saw that in the xFL in 2020. I mean we saw how good he was there in that roughnecks offense. he's good as a pass catcher and he's good with the ball in his hand you know he's last not last year too. yeah last year fifty three catches three hundred eighty four yards through the air four touchdowns to go with seven touchdowns and a thousand yards on the ground. That's an absolutely monstrous monstrous. I do have year. to correct you though, Adam, because he is oh. not with the BC Lions anymore. Oh, shoot. Oh, I pulled up the wrong roster, didn't I? Damn it. This is what I get. He went to shoot. he's on he's on the Tie Cats,
1: baby. He's on the Tie
0: Cats. That's right.
1: Golly. Dangerous man on the Tie Cats. That's why I think this backfield for the Lions is taking a pretty step back. Like Antonio Williams is fine, and Feaster's good. I just it's hard to not look at almost every position of the Lions and see downgrade.
0: Yeah, I mean, Antonio Williams is a good – he's a good back. But Butler he's, was,
1: like, insane.
0: Butler's insane. His pass catching is much better, and Antonio yes. Williams doesn't have that pass catching ability. Loved him when he was in Buffalo, had that cup of coffee with the Giants, and now he's in the CFL. You know, he, like, clearly, he clearly saw where he was going to go.
1: And in relief, Feaster was all right. Last Feaster year, even still on the roster, he is. He is. He's the two
0: guy. Oh, am I missing him on this roster? Because I just see Taquan Mizzle.
1: That's... <laughs> that's I love that name, by the way. I mean,
0: that's a fantastic name. I do not see Feaster on this roster. Hmm. I wish the CFL was better about I wish everywhere was better about their rosters. I do too. <laughs> um. <laughs> as we're trying to figure out look at i mean i'm on the cfl website and feaster is not listed
1: okay i was looking on rotowire and he was
0: listed well this is fascinating now is-, is rotowire up to date or is the bc lions website up to date i don't know will the cfl team carry just two backs so they list three here I- antonio williams is a is canadian I didn't know that. I'm learning things. We're learning things like a lot. We're learning things. Yeah. I mean, Antonio Williams was on my favorite team and I didn't know he was Canadian.
1: (laughs) It's it's actually kind of crazy. I I, I say this all the time. It's the the things that these leagues that aren't the NFL need to do better is roster, like showing who's on the roster live Mm -hmm. and injury updates.
0: Yeah. I mean, the big thing with Antonio Williams, he's a good runner, great runner, you know, solid yep. between the tackles at North Carolina, at UNC, just can't get it done in the passing game. You know, mediocre pass catcher at the end of the, or no, sorry, I'm backwards. He, no, yeah. Mediocre pass catcher. Yeah. Yeah. He was, mediocre he was, he was like, catcher. all right.
1: at pass catcher.
0: Yeah. And in the CFL, it's so much of a wide open game. So I just, you I need can't the get the pass except. catching back. Yeah, and, Ta- and Taquan Mizzle out of Virginia. You know the anything name? about Taquan Mizzle.
1: I don't even remember him playing that much at Virginia.
0: He didn't. His highest year was 940 Yeah, like... on the ground. Um, much, much better pass catcher, though. I think that's the thing he has going for him is he has a spectacular pass catcher. So I think we could see him actually emerge – as the number one back because of his pass-catching uh, abilities. He
1: might be like a week two DFS grab.
0: I mean, I love that play. He did have a cup of coffee with Chicago in 2018 and 2019. Appears to have been out of football since 2019, though. That is but, a little concerning.
1: It looks like, so 2019 and 2020, he was with the Saints practice squad for like a month. Mm. Oh, no, for from September, so for a year he was with the Saints, and then he moved to the Giants. In 2020 until 2021. So yeah. he's been out of football for he's been with the Lions
0: since 2022, April 18th. So he got signed last year. Okay. He just didn't play last year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and when you look at this, this is going to be a pass first offense. You know, this is a middle of the pack rushing attack. You know, they were fifth last year in total rushing yards you know while they were clearly number 1 in passing yards the question is how much of a step back do they take without Nathan Rourke but as we mentioned earlier their quarterback now Vernon Adams no slouch and he can move a little bit with his legs he's not spectacular he's fine he's like, fine
1: he's fine with his legs he's pretty good with his arms i like vernon adams quite a bit but it's just he's no uh he's just he's no nathan rourke
0: i'm just yeah and you know if this offense gets, twenty nineteen, Vernon Adams, this offense could be electric.
1: Or if they get like twenty twenty one regular season Dane Evans, if he doesn't work out, mm-hmm. they got Dane Evans too as a backup.
0: I this is going to be Vernon Adams team. It's going
1: to be Vernon Adams show, but
0: I, like it's you could have worse backups. You could. You could definitely have worse backups. So. We're meh on the Lions mostly because they I only think, have two backs right now. We think I
1: just think every position it's a downgrade.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough to stay relevant if you get worse across the board. Yeah. Uh so Jim, continuing alphabetically, we're going to Calgary and talking about the Calgary Stampeders. Love me some Calgary. I mean, obviously, like you gotta
1: rate him high. Kadim carries one of the. He's like one of the top three backs in the league. He's awesome.
0: Oh, absolutely. Kadeem Carey, you know, I think he was the number one pick in my CFL draft, you know, without a question, because last year, thousand yards on the ground, only player, only non quarterback, because I believe Caleb Evans is a quarterback. Yes. Only non quarterback with 10 plus touchdowns on the ground.
1: Yeah. He like, as a pure, I mean, he's a good pass catcher, but as like a pure running back too, he might be the best in the league.
0: Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, he just last year, like we said, 1,000 yards on the ground. His first 1,000 yard season, by the way, absolute revelation. Their previous high was 869 mm-hmm. and added another 248 through the air. You know, some room for growth as a pass catcher. But if you're getting it done on the ground like that to the tune of 6.6 yards a carry, who needs to catch the ball?
1: Also, just as an aside, like, Look at the difference based on the CFL websites. They have what, like eight running backs on the roster? It looks like. Yeah. I mean,
0: <laughs> I mean and they're just, they're all vying for the guys who are going to give Kadim Carey a break. I mean, Kadim Carey was an absolutely prolific guy. One of the older guys in the league, though, you know, he's, he's up going there. on 30 now.
1: He's definitely up there. I think you could see, I mean, I'm going to be biased and say Diedrich Mills gets a little bit of play. Mm hmm. He's just a solid. I mean he's 228 and 5'10. He's a just power guy. He might be a short yardage guy even though I know they usually use quarterbacks for that, but I mean
0: they might use William Langless in that role. 6'3, well 220. Big, physical big boy. Hell, oh my god, they have a 6'5, 226 back. A big six boy. Foot five back? Big boy. Where did Sebastian Harris play? St. Mary's
1: Howard. St. Mary's. Up in the uh, Bay Area. They're in the same conference as Gonzaga.
0: Nice. I didn't, I you mean, forget
1: that they play football in that conference, too. Yeah. Right?
0: I mean, just a big <laughs> six foot, uh, you don't hear of a six foot five running back. This is why I'm so just shocked by this. And six foot, they have some big boys in that backfield backing up and Carey.
1: Where did he, did he play anywhere before? No, I think he's coming straight out of college to the CFL.
0: I mean, he is a national. He so is a national. Is that. yep. That's that's going to be the big thing, you know. He's he's a national. And for those of y'all who don't know, in when we're talking about um, when we're talking about Canadian football, they classify players as either American or national. And what's G? I forget. I always I, forget. Global. Global or global, and you're limited to the amount of Americans that you can have. Is it on the field or on the roster? I think it's on the field. It's, I think it's both. It's both. So you're limited on the number of Americans because with these d- domestic leagues, the goal is to keep them on, to keep the homegrown players on the field and have them doing things as much as possible. Yeah. Sebastian Howard was actually a wide receiver. So I wonder if they're not classifying their slot backs as wide receivers.
1: They Okay. They might not
0: be. Or as running backs. Sorry. They very because, well might be doing that because he played wide receiver at St. Mary's, not a ton of work through the air either. And he also played at the university of BC. Dude, I like this guy Or was on the roster at the university of BC, never played before going to St. Mary's. So <laughs> interesting to see if Sebastian Howard will make the roster, but this this is the Kadeem Carey show. I was going to say, it's but hard it's, not to
1: rate this high just because of Kadeem Carey.
0: Right. It starts and ends with him. I mean, and even last year, Peyton Logan had some decent work spelling him, you know, average that six yards of carry. So, my, and Dedrick Mills too, the big takeaway is, is if Calgary's offensive line is humming again like it was last year, Kadeem Carey goes down, pick up his backup.
1: Exactly. Because, I mean, just... In general, Calgary just has, like, a top three offensive line. So it's just, it. – they're going to get – whoever's back – he won't get Kadeem carry numbers, but he'll also be way cheaper. And it's going to be – he's going to get good numbers week in and week
0: out. Yeah, And now we're continuing. We're heading up the road there. <clears throat> Edmonton Elks, you know, another decent rushing team. Top half rushing team, number three last year in rushing yardage. Jim, what's your take of this back on this backfield? Another team. Just two running backs listed on the roster.
1: I mean Kevin I think, Brown
0: and Shannon Brooks. I think they're good. Like they're fine to good.
1: Mm-hmm. That's how that's how I'm approaching the Elks. They were kind of they turned into more of an aired out team last year for the latter half of the season. I think they're fine in the running back like spot. But I'm just gonna say, like. I'm going to say good. I'm not going to say anything better than good. I, I like, I like Shannon Brooks. I like Kevin Brown. I, I don't like love them, but I like them.
0: I mean, I think the big thing for me with the Elks is can Taylor Cornelius be a QB one in this league. Yes. And, and, and so then that leads into the next thing is that last year, the Elks leading rusher was Taylor Cornelius at 500 yards on the season, 500 yards, seven touchdowns on 71 attempts for corn dog. I honestly wouldn't be surprised to see that again, you know, and they were, but they're a bad team. They were four and 14 last year. They gave up almost 600 points against, you know, I'm this team needs sure to get I'm some like- stuff right.
1: I'm still pretty sure they haven't won a home game in like three years.
0: Oof. RIP to the Elks. Which is <laughs> brutal. Relocate the Elks to Rochester. <laughs> we'll love them. No, they get fans at the games. They just don't win them. It's brutal. I, I mean, you know, they got to eventually start getting something together there. You know, Kevin Brown, you're looking at that and you're, you know, he wasn't bad last year and he got hurt. He only played half yeah. a year last year. so he I think was on that's pace something- to
1: have a really good season.
0: I think that's something else you can hang your hat on is if you go and get Kevin Brown, you know, he should finish out the year. He shouldn't get hurt again. And he's a good pass catcher, you know, at least 20 catches at yep. incarnate word, you know, his last two years and then last year, 24 catches in seven games.
1: He's used to these fast paced offenses. I think he's going to be a good get um, tra- Just look, look into the future. I mean, also just, you got to get Steven Dunbar jr. Your fantasy lineup. I'm just going to say it.
0: He's gonna he's gonna feed him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, we saw in the XFL in 2020, Taylor Cornelius is an absolute dog, yes. certified dog, even if he is a corn dog. Also, he's-
1: in the CFL last year, as they weren't winning a lot of games, but he was a covered machine.
0: Oh, I'm sure. I mean, he's just a gamer. He's one of those quarterbacks. He's like Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yes. You're going to put him on the field and he's just going to find a way to get it done. And he had some nice peak games where he was up in the high 200s, no 300 yard games, but he was accurate for the most part. couple rough games like against Ottawa, only completed 40% of his passes against Winnipeg, 45. But other than that, above 50 and in the 60s you know, with another year in the system. And he only started playing in July. Yep. This is July 14th to October 15th. CFL season is long, by the way. Get ready for a grind. Or you could even end your season before the end of the season.
1: Get end it before you I was going to say, get ready for like a lot of the same matchups week to week to week. Yeah.
0: Like run, <laughs> if you're doing CFL fantasy, I'd honestly say end it Labor Day weekend. And then smart. roll right into your NFL. Going to be a fun time.
1: That's a smart way to do it.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, but Taylor Cornelius also, you know, again, as we said, he is one of the more mobile quarterbacks in this league and mobile quarterbacks will always suck value from their running backs. Mm -hmm. So you're going to add Kevin Brown and Shannon Brooks late, but you want to add Taylor Cornelius early. Yeah, I would say yeah. If they, if you're thinking about, I
1: would grab Taylor Cornelius before either of those guys. He, I would very easily suspect he is the
0: leading rusher again this year, which would be good news for my fantasy team because I took corn dog oh, early, boy Adam. Uh, now we get to talk about our favorite running back going up to Hamilton and the Tie Cats Tiger up, Jim James. Jim-
1: Fucking
0: Butler, dude. Love some James Butler. James Butler, just an absolute stud, slightly undersized at only 5'9", but just an absolute beast last year. And this Ticats offense needs it. They were third to last in rushing offense, but they moved the ball well through the air.
1: They were so bad at running the ball last year,
0: and they were in a similar situation to a couple
1: USFL teams we were talking about where they'd march down the field and then just would fall apart in the red zone consistently week in and week out. So they were just giving, and oh my God, the second half collapses where they would be up at half and then just fall apart. A consistent running back at James Butler. Isn't going to let that happen.
0: But I will say I, and I think the other thing that's going to help James Butler is I don't think they got better at quarterback with the Anything arrival they of the same. I think they might've gotten worse. I mean, Bo Levy, Mitchell, he's getting up there. He's 32. His better days are behind him. He hasn't thrown for 3,000 yards since 2019, you know, and even then he's been under 3,000 yards each of his past two years, and he couldn't even make it a full season in Calgary last year.
1: I suspect – here's my take. He doesn't make a full season this year. It's the Schultz show. It's my Schiltz boy, Schiltz. Matthew, Matthew. Schlitz. I, I call him Matthew Schlitz, and then every time I like to do it, every time he scores a touchdown, i choke a Schlitz. I can love you him. still get Schlitz? Uh, yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. Where I'm at, at least you can. I, I s- consist on a diet of high life and Schlitz.
0: I have never heard anything more Midwest come out of your mouth. You're
1: damn right. He was, I mean, he was like, Schultz was fine last year. He was pretty good. The The whole Hamilton offense was very confusing, I think, to say the best. The issue yeah. for them is, I think James Butler's a huge upgrade. I think they can run the ball. I think they either downgrade or stayed the same at quarterback. I, I'd argue they downgraded at receiver too. So maybe even more value for James Butler.
0: Yeah, but I think James Butler is the kind of guy who you can just build your entire offense. Yeah. They're not going to have an issue moving the ball with James Butler. You I know, agree. I absolutely, absolutely love me some James Butler. You know, and looking at some of these other guys who are backing him up, you know, I'm not necessarily ecstatic about any of them, you know, their main back West Hills is now in the USFL, you know, and Sean Thomas Erlington, not bad, you know, not bad, but only 53 carries last year over 18 games. So how much work was he actually getting, you know, and he's never been a high volume guy, but he does add some in the passing game.
1: Yeah, I think, yeah, I think they have like a all right backup list behind him but this is easily the james butler show i think the whole team is the james
0: butler show yeah oh for sure for sure for sure not even a question no. so after hamilton where are we going i gotta resort my list we're going to montreal montreal a team i'm actually kind of interested in this year he would be interested in the team from Quebec.
1: uh no i mean stinky french people but whatever <laughs> <Stinky> french people <laughs>
0: Uh, like don't let <laughs> the French here. You call the call <laughs> Quebec stinky French people. They're not going to be happy with you. I don't like them either. I think they're. I think they have a good enough backfield. Like
1: I think Antwi is a good guy. I think he's a good back. I think Standback is. I think they have like a lot of depth at the running back position. Comparatively,
0: my question to you is: Can Antwi actually find the end zone this year? That's no touchdowns. 100 attempts, 600 yards on the ground, 30 catches, 200 <sighs> yards through the air, a goose egg in the touchdown department. If he does, he's going to be an insane value. Well, and the thing is, is in Montreal, is they love to just give it to the quarterbacks down around the goal line. That's you know, the issue with them, yeah. Dominique Davis, is he still on the roster? Hold on. At quarterback,
1: they got uh, Caleb Evans and Cody Fajardo. So what they'll probably do is have Caleb Evans be the starter and then they'll just put in, they have Davis Alexander too, but um, they'll probably put like Fajardo in for close end zone running because of his leg ability. Mm -hmm. He's getting up there in age, but he can still run it decently.
0: Yeah, I mean, Fajardo definitely, I mean, I think he's going to be, I think he actually has a chance to be their quarterback throughout the entire year. You know, I just look at him and I see a guy who can do well, who can move the ball in all phases of the game. You know, but again, I think it's going to come down to the any running back upside is going to be severely limited by, you know. The
1: lack of touchdowns.
0: Right. And they went out and they brought Caleb Evans over, like you said, from Ottawa. And they brought over Cody Fajardo, guys who had 8 and 16 touchdowns respectively. It's clear what they want to do around the goal line. Yes. They are going – these guys are going to be your rushing
1: touchdown threats. It's – the I just it, it is hard to get behind Antwi just because he'll get you the yards. I guess he's consistent in that. I, you just no running back on this team is going to be at all consistent or even relatively a threat for touchdowns.
0: No, I mean I like Antwi and maybe some Walter Fletcher. You know, yes. if is Fletcher, yep, both still on the roster. Guys that I'm interested in. You know, I'm not burning top. I'm not no. burning high picks on them but I need them on my team and I'm just, you know, we're going to wait and see, is it a timeshare between uh, Evans and Fajardo or is it Fajardo or is it the Fajardo or Evans show?
1: I don't it all depends to me which Cody Fajardo shows up. He was like very hot and cold in Saskatchewan, but also I will say Saskatchewan had, in my opinion, like the worst offensive line in the league last year. They were just letting him out to dry. So we'll see what he does with improved offensive line play. Caleb Evans looked good like he actually looked good through a decent chunk of the season I don't know I could see this I I would do like a coin flip to who starts I would pick both of them
0: <laughs> and I but, would stash and Antwi. I would stash, I would stash Antwi down the roster as well now we're headed over to Ottawa the capital city where we got the red blacks who are bad at running the ball. <laughs> Yes, they were. Only fifteen hundred yes, yards were. last year across eighteen games. So you're under well under hundred yards a game, not even over 90 yards a game. I think this might be the worst backfield.
1: Arguably. <laughs> it's, like, I don't know. A lot of these guys are fine. Like I don't know, man. They don't, they don't they don't like DeMontre. to run the ball.
0: You're not excited about DeMontre Tuggle and Devontae Williams?
1: I do like Tuggle. I do like Tuggle. Devontae Williams is fine. He's whatever. Where was He's... Tuggle
0: playing last year? Like Devonte Williams is a little undersized for me. I mean, but it's, you know, undersized backs do well. I mean, James, if you're out on if you're out on Devontae Williams for that, you should be out on James Butler. For the, the issue game is game. I've seen what James Butler does in these leagues. Right. And what I would also say with Devontae Williams is if they can get him going like he got going at Southeast Louisiana, where he was a 600 yard rusher and a fought in an almost 600 yard receiver. That's a guy who should excel in this league if they can get him in space, if they can use him. You know, he seems like a classic slot back to me. He's a guy who you're going to run at the line and you're going to get him to create mismatches with his speed.
1: Yes, I think it all comes down to how does he as a pass catcher, similar to a lot of these backs even if he's undersized oh he's a a great
0: pass catcher they just need to figure out getting him the ball and they might have upgraded it quarterback to Jeremiah Masoli but another guy whose best days are clearly behind him no I mean he was
1: looking great last year until he died
0: (laughs) I mean when was can you tell me the last time Jeremiah Masoli started double digit games uh four years ago maybe 2018 that was close He's played in 12 in 2021, but only started nine. You know, the thing is, is he's never been healthy and he's never been a consistent starter either. The only time he started
1: last year, he he started
0: 17 games for Hamilton in 2018, started 10 for Hamilton in 2016 or 2017. And 2018 was arguably his best year. Fifty two hundred yards passing. Oh, easily. And the thing that you got to like about that upgrade is, is he's not the rusher he once was.
1: That's also fair. I mean, in four games last year, he threw for a thousand yards.
0: He did. He did. That's nice. And that's good. And that, so that could be a boon for Devontae Williams. It, and, you know, I'm, yes, I'm talking myself a little bit into Devontae Williams here and maybe Demontre demonstrate a little bit who was with the bears last year. Uh, I looked it up. I just it all it all comes down to
1: Masoli's health in my opinion cuz they looked like a pretty good team they were competitive with Winnipeg when he was healthy they were like winning games when he was healthy those like a couple of those four and then the second he gets hurt this team just collapsed and was they fired their coach they were just awful they were one of the bottom two teams in the league
0: yeah i mean you wouldn't expect that a a league with so few teams would have just some really bad teams but that is the way it is
1: Again, similar to Edmonton, I'm pretty sure they haven't won a home game in almost two years. Yeah. Brutal. Brutal.
0: Absolutely. Shout out
1: Rod because this is his
0: team. He, he does love the Red Blacks. He loves the Red Blacks, but that's mostly because they're the new shiny thing. You know, if the <laughs> CFL got another expansion, I think Rod would be a fan of that. He's a sucker for expansion teams. He really is. He get, He's all aboard that. So uh, now we're going up to Saskatchewan, and we're talking about them Rough Riders, eh? This is my team. This is your team. This is this Jim's team. This is my team, sadly, because, God, they were brutal to root for last year. Until the CFL puts a team in Rochester, I am abstaining from selecting a favorite CFL team purely to reserve room in my heart for the Rochester Thunder Snow. I do favorites for every league but the XFL. When you're just a fan of the league, you're the Rob Lowe of the XFL. Exactly, exactly. Oh, yeah. I think the
1: running back room is, uh, you know, I BJ Emmons is good. Uh, Javian hawkins excited.
0: is Excited. and hawkins is decent yeah you know and they're bringing back jamal morrow who was the fourth best who was the, who was fourth in yardage last year he was good it, you know he's a solid guy and also another good pass catcher 40 catches for 360 yards last year You know, I mean, this is a talented backfield and BJ Evans is a guy who last year in the USFL 97 carries for two forty-four, and also 19 catches for a hundred yards through the air, you know, so he did well in a bad Tampa Bay bandits offense. I think he could find
1: success here again, when you're taking a shot at running backs for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, it's really hard. Their offensive line was putrid last year. It was absolutely awful. Yeah, so you're taking that into account. You, I would, if you're thinking of any of these guys, take them a little later if you can.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you're going to have to go out and get Jamal Morrow early. People are going to look at the CFL stats; they're going to see him high. You're going to have to keep an eye on where BJ Emmons goes. I'm interested in Javion Hawkins, honestly, because Javion Hawkins was a prolific back at Louisville in 2019 mm-hmm. and 2020. Spent time on the Falcons and Titans rosters in 2021. You know, he's a guy who is good enough as a pass catcher. Didn't have consistent success in college, but had enough success in college.
1: So this lo- this whole backfield screams to me potential a little bit.
0: Committee. It screams it committee. Definitely committee.
1: Definitely it committee.
0: screams committee. Committee and, and- that's. Fantasy death, so you might want to try to target this. Like you might take, if I'm thinking about this, I'm probably targeting Emmons and Hawkins and just taking those two guys.
1: If you're gonna, yeah, if you're gonna just like punt on running back, you could do worse than these two. But again, also you have to contend with: is the offensive line going to be good? Also, the quarterbacks they grabbed aren't as run heavy because it's probably going to be Mason Fine. It could be Trevor Harris, but I think it's going to be Mason Fine. They seem to like him a lot last year.
0: And less run heavy
1: than Fajardo
0: and that would shift the balance you know that would yeah. that would give their running backs more opportunities and that's good more opportunities for the running backs is good for your fantasy team now we're heading across the lake across the windy shores of lake ontario toronto argos swag kelly baby swag kelly i mean they clearly they have mobile quarterbacks in spades in toronto and, what? you know, and they had Andrew Harris last was, year. I,
1: they have him this year, too, and I, I he's not a bad one to grab.
0: You know, Andrew Harris and A.J. Olette, both very good running backs last yes. year. You know, Chad Kelly is a little bit more mobile than McLeod Bethel Thompson. <laughs> just just a little bit. Just a little <laughs> bit. I mean, in last, you know, last season when we saw Chad Kelly in action, you know, he wasn't bad for the Argos last year. No, he was good. No, I mean he had a good game, twenty three of thirty five for two sixty four, and but only ran the ball two times. But he did run the ball a few times throughout the year, but mostly around the goal line. So the yardage will still be there for the Argos backs, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, and this is kind of like a two headed monster thing between Andrew Harris and AJ Outlet. I think if you're gonna, if you want to target this team, if you think they're gonna have an explosive offensive year, you kind of want to grab both those guys if you can. Because they're they're going to be the whole backfield. It's those two. It's those two, and like in my opinion, everyone behind them doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think Chad Kelly is. I think Chad Kelly, if he can get the passing game together, and this elbow injury isn't anything, I think he could be an upgrade over McLeod Bethel Thompson, purely because he's a better athlete. Um, And there's going to be some loss in value there for all Alou- of for alu Alou- Oli. Olu- uh, say it again, AJ Alouette. AJ Alouette. Uh he needs to get traded to Montreal ASAP with that name. CFL, make it happen. Alulet on the Alouettes. Yes. Um, you know, but Harrison o- Oulet are both good backs.
1: Yeah, I think the combination of the two of them, they make a great back, but it's you've got two of
0: them. You're gonna split time between the two of them. Yeah, but again in spring as we've seen in spring leagues, it you gotta have if a guy's gonna consistently have split work. That's better than a guy who's going to inconsistently have boom work. Yep. That's how you win these leagues. So uh, looking at the last team, we're headed up to Winnipeg and the Blue Bombers. Jim, give us the lay of the land for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I mean, dude, it's Brady Oliveira.
1: Come on. <laughs> He's the guy. He is the guy.
0: Those he gets people, it on the ground
1: he gets it in the air this team is again they're the favorite like every year for a
0: reason Brady Oliveira, for those unfamiliar had 12 over 1200 yards last year and had one five total touchdowns so another guy who's going to struggle to get into the end zone for you which is going to hurt at times? That's to be going fair, a to... lot of
1: running backs are going to struggle. To get
0: right. I mean, and that's the thing in the CFL that is a big change you need to get used to is a lot of teams have a big bodied short yardage quarterback who eats up some of those options. Mm-hmm. The thing that Winnipeg has going for it is the guy they had doing that last year, currently starting for the New Jersey Generals, Dakota Prockup. Yes, sir. So, and, you know, this feels like it's Zach Caleros' team. It very much is. I think I think he's the guy under center for them, and I don't know. Was he their starter last year, too? He was their starter for the last two years. Last Zach two Caleros years.
1: has been electric. I mean, he threw for 4,000 yards last year, 3,000 the year before that. He's been a top-two quarterback in the CFL for the last two years,
0: easily. Yeah. He's so good. I mean, good. the big question is going to be is – What is Josh Jones going to be? You know, he's that kind of big quarterback, 6'3, played at UNC Pembroke.
1: That's the touchdown worry right there.
0: I mean, that's the guy who's going to snipe, potentially snipe your rushing touchdowns. You know, and looking at what he did in college, you know, he had 17 total rushing touchdowns in college, 10 in 2022. He's going to get a lot of the short yardage work there. But again, late in drafts, go get you some Josh Jones, baby.
1: Oh, yeah. And the other thing is, with the Blue Bombers in particular, love to throw in the red zone. Absolutely love to throw it. So, like, especially now they got Kenny Lawler back. Like, him and Dalton Schoen as the receivers, those are, like, their big touchdown guys that they love to get. Even in short yardage situations, they love to throw the ball. I, It's... It's rough. It's rough for a running back, but you're going to get yards and then you can get some touchdowns out of it. I yeah. like, I like your play on the the late, the late mm-hmm. get.
0: Yeah. The late get on Josh Jones. Yeah. So Jim, we're going to rank these backfields out because we've had the longest podcast in all fantasy sports history. So we need to get out of here. Um, good talking with you as always. And we could go for days when you and I get going. Um, So, Jim, starting at number nine, who is your worst CFL backfield? The one that you're like, I really don't want a guy from this backfield. Probably the Red Blacks. Yeah, I'm aligned with that. I just don't see it happening in Ottawa. They just – I'm nervous. I think that team is just disappointment for running backs, and I think they're just disappointments offensively as well.
1: And the way they're going to have to win is by airing it out. So. They're good. like, it's all going to be on Jeremiah Masoli's head. I don't hate the receivers, but like they're not winning through the backfield.
0: Mm-hmm. Who's next? I'm
1: trying to think. I'm torn. I'm torn between BC and Saskatchewan. I'm going to lean towards BC just because of the threat that Vernon Adams as a runner gives you.
0: So BC, okay. you're a little early there because I still I'm really nervous about what's going to happen in Toronto. But I still think that as I look at this, I got to go back to Edmonton. They were coming right up there. Yeah, I think I think Edmonton's eight for me. I want to have a hot take and drop Toronto down super far, but I don't think I can. Because despite Swag Kelly coming in, Andrew Harris and A.J. Oluet are still just too good.
1: Yeah, I think they, they just give that level of consistency. I totally blanked on the Elks, which makes sense because this backfield is just very meh. I'd probably put them right there in the group of like B.C., Saskatchewan, and Edmonton. I kind of have all at the same level. Um, yeah. Just unimpressive. Especially, you might I might rate Edmonton lower because of the fact that Taylor Cornelius, similar to Vernon Adams, is going to do so much with his legs. So I'll put them at what are we at seven
0: you're at seven yeah and for me i'm going saskatchewan here i just i don't think that they have the horses to get it done you know this is a team that has you know was bottom half of the league last year in rushing and they're not great passing they're just a meh offense across the board and in a pass happy air it out offensive a pro offensive offensive league. I just look at these running backs. And although I like BJ admins and JV and Hawkins as individuals, I don't think this Saskatchewan team can get it together.
1: That was going to be my next team for the exact same reasons you mentioned. I think they might be a little bit like whoever they end up as the starter is going to get a little bit more play just because they don't have as deep as a running quarterback, but I, it's still just unimpressive to, for just looking at the names.
0: Yeah. I mean, and then for me, we're looking at the BC lions roster. <laughs> I just, you know, I do think Vernon Adams is going to hurt them a little bit, but I also think that since he's going to be, I think he's going to be their go-to at quarterback. And I do think Antonio Williams, you know, there's two backs on this roster right now, maybe a third. I think Antonio Williams is going to do work. And I think he's a good runner in a, in a league where you can get one yard real easy because there's a one yard neutral zone. Give me Antonio Williams.
1: I don't hate that. If I'm going next, I think this is where I put the Argos. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I just, those three to me are like all kind of like meshed up in together. I kind of, I mean, Toronto
0: is the, I don't, God, I I have them as my top of that grouping as the top of that see, to me, in my mind, they are a step above all those other teams. Because they do have the consistent production there. Yeah, that's
1: I have them like the, the top of that group.
0: I think they're in a different group. I think oh, they're at, you I put think at the, the bottom, bottom of the next of the, group. I think they're at the bottom of the good group. Okay. I could in him. my mind. Those are, those are pretty close. You, you know, and just looking at this, I think, I really think this is going to be Montreal. I just, you know, I like Antwi. He's a guy who gets it done in both phases, but I think they have two mobile quarterbacks and the lack of touchdowns really eats into his value. Although he dominates the touches, he just doesn't have the red zone upside. I'm going to put it
1: on my name this year. He gets the touchdowns this year and becomes a top three touchdowns fantasy back.
0: Touchdowns or touchdown?
1: Touchdowns, plural. He becomes a touchdown. top three fantasy back in the CFL.
0: All right. So after the Argos, where are you going with your rankings, Jim?
1: Well, then it's the Alouettes for me.
0: Then it's the Alouettes. Yeah. Then it's the Alouettes. I think See. we both
1: have a pretty consistent top three.
0: Yeah, I got the Argos coming up next. Just, you know, it's too, it's too clear. You, You know, it's just, it's very clear who's there and who is it. You know, the Argos have two very good backs. You know, as good a runner as Chad Kelly is, I think they are going to protect him a little bit. And if he does get hurt, Brian Scott is nowhere near the runner there, which means any missed time for Chad Kelly is a monstrous boon for the Argos backfield.
1: Correct.
0: Slotting it at number three, who you got? Oh,
1: this is, I'm probably going to put Winnipeg here.
0: This comes down to, so these are the three elite backs. You know, this comes down to who do you like the best?
1: I'm probably going to go Winnipeg here just because they don't have the touchdown capability that I feel like they're the Hamilton and. Calgary are going to give their running backs. They're going to try and look for someone else in the red zone other than Oliveira.
0: Yeah. I mean, all, the lack of that hurts. I also think that Oliveira is kind of the lowest tier pass catcher out of the three elite backs has him there comfortably. Yeah. I mean, I just look at it and Kadeem Carey and James Butler both out gained him last year. With oh, I, I think they were get games, way more play. with fewer games. Yes, and he had the lowest receiving total per game. You know, I just I can't get on board with that. It's you know Oliveira to me is he's as good as he is. Like he's a top three
1: man, but mm-hmm. out of the main guys, he's the less he's the least involved with it when it comes to like fantasy scoring. Like he's super clutch when he needs. He's clutch. A lot of these guys are clutch, but like I'd put the other two definitely consistently over him similar with the like Zach Kolaros is a very clutch quarterback he's a good quarterback last year he was not better than Nathan Rourke (laughs) it's just a fact this team is just they're clutch when they need to be
0: yeah number two who you got
1: (sighs) this one was tough this one was tough okay I'm gonna not take offensive one into account
0: because otherwise it would be care. I'm putting Calgary but Why aren't Gunner? you taking offensive line into account?
1: Because I want I wanted to just be the running backs. Like I just I feel like, but but you can't you can't divorce them from the
0: situation. That's, you fair, have to that's think fair. about that. We did that for the rushing QBs. We took guys that's down. Fair. That's because fair. Of that.
1: I still think I still am going to go carry because he's not as elite of a pass catcher as James Butler.
0: I mean, I think, I think James Butler is a better pass catcher. And I agree with you. I have Calgary two, Winnipeg or Hamilton one, because I think James Butler is him. I think James Butler is the guy. He's he's the best in the league. He's the best guy. And, And James Butler deserves the success. James Butler has seen a high level of success. And I think that last year, you know, he's been in the CFL for two years now. In 2021, he was getting acclimated to everything. He had about 500 yards rushing and another 250 through the air in 11 games. And then last year in 17 games, he just absolutely exploded onto the scene. I think he's going to continue that. He's still young. You know, he's at his probably peak of his powers right now. And I think he deserve. and I think he's going to keep getting work. And I'm excited to see all the things that he does this year. I'm excited for the James Butler breakout here.
1: I am as well. You saw it a little bit last year. He was awesome. And I think... Can, I mean, he could probably expand on that this year. Honestly, he's just, he's a more focal part of the offense.
0: Excellent. So Jim, before we go, we have talked about it all day. We've oh, talked yeah. about edge boost and the ability to double down. Jim, give the fans your edge boost double down play of the day. I'm going with
1: the future. I'm going to go with the USFL future. So I already – I'm sitting on the breakers at plus like 750 right now. So I'm going to do a little hedge. I'm going to get a team from the north that I think has a shot. I missed my shot on the Stars. I missed it because they were like 10-1 to a few weeks ago. I missed that shot. I'm going to take it, Adam. I'm going to go with a long shot because I think if they clean it up and just – they're at home the rest of the season. Give me the Maulers, 16-1. to
0: Woo! That's not a hedge. That's a lotto ticket, my friend. But I love it. And that is how you capitalize on the double down, Jim. Jim is going to take that double down. He's going to sprinkle it over the next couple weeks. He's going to pay it off because he's a responsible degenerate. But he's going to try to cash that long shot ticket in addition to his safe. You hedged first. You did a preliminary hedge. Yes, Yes. You wanted to find the long shot later on. I like this. The reverse hedge. Jim took the hedge on the nice. What odds. these
1: spring leagues are about? This team love can get it. hot. They're, you've seen their offense can get hot. 16 to one is, love it, it. is criminal
0: with how close the North is. Love it. Love it. So to, y'all, if you want to take advantage of that edge boost, go to sports slash edge to sign up today. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the man of many, many names. XFL, Jim, USFL, Jim, X league, Jim, ELF, Jim, CFL, Jim, And today he was CFL and USFL, Jim. We thank you for joining us, sir, from the frozen tundra of Ontario. I am your host, Adam Pelletier. Bring the CFL to Rochester, and we will see you next time. Woo! Nova production